Joshua said he's going to join us online, or he'll be listening online. Cool. My Joshua? No. The uh, Joshua and Bethany. Joshua and Bethany. Great. Joshua, glad you're listening online. My Joshua yeah. is sick. Okay. So he's going to grab the podcast. Uh, so to uh, to bring everybody up to speed who was uh, not listening to our last conversation, we were talking about the, uh, the homicidal maniac in... Vegas. Las Vegas. So let's uh, Joshua wrote he's finishing up his soup. So that's cool. Yeah, the uh, the problem of evil. What do we do with evil in the world, and uh, why do righteous men do? unrighteous thing we'll talk about. Um, why do why do men do sinful things? And uh, Paul's going to kind of touch on that a little bit. I'd like to kick this off as I go to the website and get my uh, download the study guide at Men of Torah. The thing I'd like to kick us off with is uh, it's just a little bit about Paul. You know, a lot of people think that Paul um, was a very righteous man. I agree with that. Right? And on a regular basis would uh, kick sin in the teeth and call a spade a spade and, and not have any problems um, jacking somebody up. Uh, based on what he said, his, uh, his writings imply that uh, he was a little more bold in writing then in person, I, I think I'm probably that way too. Uh, I'll, I'll be a little stiffer with you um, if I'm writing to you because you're not right here and I don't have to kind of weenie out, as it were. Um, but that said, Paul being a righteous man and being very bold with the gospel, um, some people throw right over the top and you know call him Rabbi Shaul and so forth. And, and I think uh, most scholars would agree, uh, Tim Haig uh, included, that the idea that Paul was actually a rabbi and had smicha, where someone had laid hands on him so he was now authorized to teach in that rabbi's stead and in their name, um, is probably not true. He was well on the way, but not. Absolutely. Yeah. And he was, in, he was in good company. Uh, you know, when you know with Gamliel, no question. Um, but um, his career change seemed to be timely or untimely, depending on where you're coming from. I mean, if we, uh, yeah, we probably got to get some chairs. Yeah, we're gonna have to move the, the thing off the top. Right, we're, gonna, we're gonna take a pause now, guys, while we get some chairs for the Martin. Stand by. What's up, man? How's your trip? Boys in blue. What's up, Jackson? Alex. Hey, Mike. Good to see you. 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 Good to see you.
Oh, the pictures of the cousins. That's a big family. Oh, yeah. big side of the family. Yeah. Man, adding up all my cousins though, there's no way we met. Nothing. Not no. no. Right, I think I have all like three on, I have three on my dad's mom's side. I have at least right five on my mom's yeah, my uh-huh. dad's side. So. Okay, so uh, back to uh, back to Josiah. Do me a favor, would you? Yes. Move into one of those other two chairs so I can see your face mm-hmm. without using my peripheral vision. Because I'm old now, you know. So I have to turn my head, and that's, I'm too lazy to do that. Uh, so again, uh, Paul very righteous man, but if we really put it all together, you know, if you guys all scoot just a little bit left, I'll be able to see Michael too, especially if Caleb starts to draw and leans his head over or something like that, you know? Yeah, you're going to stay at that all night, yeah. Yeah, you have slides a little bit that way, you know, and that way I can see the little fella. I see you put the shortest guy behind the tallest guy, right? That's great. Good, good job. But those hips don't move? Those hips don't move? Obviously, you don't do the rumba. I guess, you know? All right. So, again, Paul, righteous man, uh, better writing than in person, but probably did not have, according to, the, to the, the pundits that I would trust, did not have smika. He did not have hands laid on him, transferring authority to him, teaching the name of his teacher and so forth. Um, and because of that, we should probably put him in a, in a different light. Uh, only because, and I don't mean that to put him down in any way, or throw him under the bus. But if you think about it, he's right at the the launching pad of his rabbinic career, if you will, and is shocked and dismayed by this whole sect, temple sect of the way, decides to leave the Pharisaic party temporarily to ask for letters from the Sadducees or the priests uh, in order to go persecute these folks. So he felt very seriously about believers in Yeshua uh, to the point where he would have had to explain himself and probably put himself back a couple of years with Gamaliel and the rest uh, when he finished his his work. Unfortunately, or fortunately as the case may be, he didn't finish that work. As he rounded up everybody he could find in Jerusalem, he then went and decided to go to Damascus. Why why would he go to Damascus? Where was Paul from? Paul from Tarsus, right? But where's Tarsus? North, right? Yeah. Okay. And Damascus is just so east of it. He went to Jerusalem and then on his way back to Jerusalem. Well, he was in Jerusalem. To go home. He could have been heading towards home, and Damascus was a big city over yeah. that way. Yeah. Anyway, um, that's as far as he got 
on that mission uh, for the, the priests or the Sadducees. And then uh, from that point on, he, he was playing for the, uh, for the other team, or for our team, as the case may be. So with that in mind, Paul, this extraordinarily righteous man, in uh, Lesson 36 on, I think, page 39... Did you actually drop that twice? Yeah. I'm glad you're not sitting next to me because I take it away from you right there. Boom. That would be the end of it. So, man, that man sitting next to you there, lots of patience. He's a great man. He's a great man. So, Romans 7 and 8, um, we've, got, uh, we've got this righteous guy that everybody seems to really enjoy. Uh, loves him to death. Uh, we're going to read in the next uh, few weeks back in Acts. When they find out he's uh, he's deciding to leave and go back to Jerusalem, prophet comes by and says that he's going to be bound and sent to Rome and, and all of this. Um, and they're weeping. They love this guy. He is a lovable guy. There's obviously something wrong. Either like a pussy, drippy eye, or <laughs> maybe he's got some kind of weird hip thing, and he, you know, kind of moves back and forth and hobbles when he walks. We don't know, but. Uh, he asked three times to have that taken away, and that was uh, poo-pooed, as they say. Sorry. Um, but even he um, has some problems with his walk. So I find, maybe you've never seen Romans 7 and 8 this way, but I find it extraordinarily encouraging that in my private times, when I'm praying, this guy sounds like I sound, a fallen master. So we're going to get the law of sin and the law of the spirit uh, talked about here in uh, 7 and 8. And uh, got a bunch of bunch of quotable moments here in these guys. So uh, resurrection is important. And... Uh, I, th I think I uh, got off there a little bit on uh, prognostication, but uh, anyway, let's uh, let's jump right into it. Uh, first impressions, anybody? Probably too early to do that to you guys. Probably don't want to talk. Well, it is a, oh, oh. it is a bit of a a back and forth in your head as you read through it. You yeah. Know, you, you almost want to sort of keep track of it. You're like with like these, a ping pong match. Yeah, these, like, s chapters 7 and 8, if, when they stand alone, they immediately would make you think, like, ah, this must have been written by, like, some philosopher, like, some really heady guy, because he's just, like, he's all over the place. I mean, his descriptions almost contradict themselves sometimes, and there's just... There's a lot to what he's saying, and he uses the same words over and over again, which does not lend yeah, itself that to clarity. Help. That doesn't help at all, because he's yeah. talking about two different laws, Right. but he so, uses the word law. Yeah, yeah, but but I think still buried in them, uh, there are like some really, just really simple things that we can pull out of it. And I think one of the, the things in chapter 7 that was kind of like, oh, okay, well this actually makes just a lot of sense, is just this whole idea of like, well, you know, you wouldn't, like, you know, if you had like some native person from that's never been to America before, and you said to him, you know, like, 
hey, it's not okay to go into the store and take that candy bar. Well, now you just put the idea in his head. Now he's going to think, like, every time he sees it, like, should I do that? Should I, I mean, do that? He yeah. said not to, but, I mean, that sounds like a pretty good yeah. idea. It looks like it could. Yeah, it looks like it could. Nobody's looking, right? And so that now the idea is in your head. So that, that simple little uh, concept is, of course, flushed out in, in a lot more yeah. detail yeah. in, in a, a very nice way by yeah, Paul. Yes, nice you know, that's, That makes a lot of sense. It, 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 and I can see why... He, you know, that, that lends itself to the argument about, like, well, it's not necessarily the Torah itself, like, not the commandments, the things that came from God that are bad, you know, he keeps saying, by no means, that, that's, let's not get confused by that. Right. It's right. just the ideas that they put in your head, you know, the right. stuff that you want to do now. I didn't know sin until right. you told me what sin was. I, I'm, right. I'm not supposed to do that? Yeah. Well, prior to that, I hadn't even thought about doing it, but that, really? Yeah. Good. Excellent. Other comments? What yes. does prognosticate mean? Prognosticate? Anybody? Predict. Yeah. If you're a prognosticator, you're predicting what's going to happen. Other comments? Anything? All right, well, we got, uh, this is a short one, so... Um, Let's go ahead and read it, shall we? So if you've got, uh, I see uh, Joshua is, uh, is using the uh, widescreen version of the uh, Bible. Um, I'm using the up and down version. <laughs> Portrait versus uh, landscape. Nice, nicely done. Um, so let's just uh, take it around the room here. You got a Bible with you? You got a Bible with you? No Bible with you? Bam! But you get me seven, one through uh, three. Mikey, you're on deck, four through six. Scott, you see what I'm doing, seven through, yep. what is that, 12? Mm -hmm. So we're taking paragraphs at a time here in the New American Standard, English Standard Version. Um, what's your name, Josiah, 713 to 20. Uh, Joshua, 21 through 25. The end of the chapter, we'll stop there. Does everybody got it? Everybody see what we're doing here? To find it, go three-quarters of the way through your Bible with your thumb. Trust me. Three-quarters of the way. Three-quarters, not one-quarter. Three-quarters. Now what more? Right, there you go. Grab that. Pull it over. All right, so if you're three-quarters of the way through, you're probably starting the New Testament somewhere. So in the top right or left-hand corner, what book are you in? It looks like you're in, oh, you got a, uh, is there a dictionary in the back of your Bible? Let me see. No, just turn to the page you're on. Let me see. Yeah. So you're in a dictionary. Right? Oh, there you go. Romans 5, 6. And you're starting at 7. I don't know what 7 Romans. You're starting at 1. You're going to go 1 through 3. Three verses. Give it to me. What do you got, brother? Know ye not, brethren, for I speak to them that know the law. How that the law hath dominion over a man as long as he liveth. For the woman which hath an husband is bound by the law to her husband so long as he liveth. But if the husband be dead, she is loose from the law of her husband. So then if all her husband lives, she be married to another man, she shall be called an adulteress. But if her husband be dead, she is free from the law, so that she is no adulteress. That's Which, it. You're done. First paragraph, 
So it makes sense, right? I mean, even to us. Yes. Woman's yes. married, and she sleeps with somebody else. She's adulteress. an adulteress. Yeah. But if the guy dies, how could she be an adulteress? I mean, who is she breaking the law of marriage against? The guy's dead, right? Yeah. Hey, Micah, give me another paragraph. Therefore, my brethren, you also were made to die to the law through the body of, of Yeshua, so that you might be joined to one another, to him who was raised from the dead, in order that we might bear fruit to God. From while we were in the flesh, the simple passions which were aroused by the law were at work in the members of our body to bear fruit for death. But now we have been released from the law having died to that by which we were bound so that we serve in newness of the spirit and not oldness of the letter. But not, what, say that last line? But not. But now we've been released from the law having died to that by which we were bound so that we serve in newness of the spirit and not oldness of the letter. Of the letter? Not in the oldness of the letter. In, not in the oldness of the letter. Letter. From letter. Good. Okay. So, Sucka. where is the where is the written letter? What what is he talking about? The binding. But the, the, the binding contract. But what is it? What are we talking about? What are these letters, written on stone? The Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments, or more generally, the Torah, right? So he says that we are bound while we're living in the flesh our sinful passions aroused by the Torah this is what Mr. Bartos was saying we're at work in our members to bear fruit for death what what the heck does that mean I'm only asking you for what does that mean I'm reading verse 5 while we were living in the flesh The Torah, our sinful passions aroused by the Torah, were at work in the members, I would say, of our body, to bear fruit for death. Talk to me, Josiah. Help me understand. Sin. Sin. Talk to me. Give me. Flesh it out. What about sin? You're right. Work, sin. Work in the members of our body to bear the, to bear fruit for death. Yeah. Fruit for death. Sin. It, the consequence. Consequence for sin is death. The wages of sin is death. You're exactly so, right. Quoting it perfectly from chapter 6 last week, mm -hmm. verse 23. I like it. So yeah, what's Paul saying? Before we got saved, before we were renewed in our heart, before he wrote the Torah on our heart, before he circumcised our heart, we wanted to do things that were not right. And when we did that, the law called it sin, and Exactly. We get death. Okay. Nicely done, Mike. <laughs> Mr. Martin. What then shall we say? That the law is sin? By no means. Yet if, if it had not been for the law, I would not have known sin. For I would not have known what it is to covet if the law had not said you shall not covet. But sin, seizing an opportunity through the commandment, produced in me all kinds of covetousness. For apart from the law, sin lies dead. I was once alive apart from the law, but when the commandment came, sin came alive, and I died. The very commandment that promised life proved to be death to me. 
For sin, seizing an opportunity through the commandment, deceived me, and through it killed me. So the law is holy, and the commandment is holy, and righteous, and good. Okay. So let me throw a, throw a question out to you guys. And you guys are going to give the answer. So I got four on this side, four on that side, and Scott can play both sides of the team. All right? So the first thing that I get is sin, seizing an opportunity through the commandment, produced in me all kinds of covetousness. Guys, I want you to think of someone in the Bible that was told, hey, don't do this, and went ahead and did it anyway. You answered the last question. Yes. I would say just Eve for now. Let's not throw the men under the bus yet. But yeah, what did he? What was Eve told not to do? I eat the apple. Don't eat the well. It wasn't an apple. Pomegranate. Could have been a Mac. Could have could have been a PC. Right. Could have been a fig. Don't eat from that tree. Which tree? The tree of good and evil. The tree of the knowledge. The knowledge of good and evil. What did she do, Michael? That's exactly right. She ate it, right? So, so clearly, the very commandment that promised life, how is it that Joshua, he says the commandment promised life? What did Moses say about God's Torah? Towards the end, maybe Deuteronomy 30, ish choose this day we're going to serve choose life not death because if you keep these commandments it's by these that you shall live there it is it's how we live it keeps us alive it's how we should walk so the very commandment that promised life proved to be death to him why for sin, seizing that opportunity you guys just talked about, through the commandment, deceived me, and through it, killed me. Because that's what happened to Eve. She was deceived by the snake, the serpent. Yeah. And what was the end result? She died. Bam. Everybody On the day you shall eat of it, you shall surely die. I personally well, were, I hate it when that happens. Well, they were forbidden from the garden. They were thrown out of the garden. They were separated from God. They exactly, did yeah. die. Right. Okay. They did die. Yeah. That's after they came. Maybe. Okay. So, you sh you four short fellows over here. I'm I'm confused. I need your help. Because as I read this, it says he tries to make sure as as Scott read so beautifully that the Torah has not been thrown under the bus. If I had, if it had not been for the Torah, I would not have known sin, for I would not have known what is the covenant if the Torah had not said, you shall not covet. We're all on the same sheet of music, everybody's okay so far. Now I got a problem. Sin seems right. Okay, so There was a small little point about that part. 
the yeah, 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 that part. That, part. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, it, I, that typically gets glanced over, I think, from from theologians because Paul does not seem to be indicating that his sinfulness is built into his nature necessarily. Okay. But he, at least here, I mean, other places it might be a little bit more explicit, but like okay. at least here, it's so interesting how he sort of describes sin as this thing that happens to him, as opposed to like this thing that's just always there. Like I'm just always sinful, you know. I, I, I this is the way that I was born, kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, that that's at least in this particular verse, it's very interesting the way that he describes it. Would you not say that he describes it in this way? Maybe I'm missing something, but I heard a wise man once give me this analogy about somebody coming to America for the first time, and, and, and they had to be told not to steal a candy bar from the store because they had no idea that it was wrong. Was that not what he just said? Right. So, you're saying that like sin kind of just happens, but I think you already have proven that he was sinning all along. He just didn't know it was sin. Would well, you agree with that? Um, you see the difference? Yeah, I it's, can see exactly. It's, it's a nuance, saying. but I think that's where Paul's coming from. I, I could have been sinning all along, but I had no idea it was sin until the Torah taught me that sin. The Torah Which means light shining the light bam. to illuminate the fact. Right. That his that his your actions, actions that are built into you are, are sin. sin. Right. And it shows you how to turn away from that and Absolutely. try not to do it. Absolutely. Or, but then with the candy bar, that's that sin is an idea. It was I didn't know you could do that. Like, like Mr. Well, he knew he could take. He knew he could take it. Yeah. He just didn't know it was wrong yeah. to do it. Yeah. Right. I'm gonna grab the pencil. Oh, it turns out it's not okay to do that. Does that work for you? Makes sense. Okay. Makes sense. I, I would like you to help me with verse nine. I was once alive apart from the Torah, but when the commandment came, sin came alive and I died. Now, Josh was already taught us why. What was it? No, it was Micah? No, it was Josiah who taught us why he died, right? Because the wages of sin is, well, death. There it yeah. is. So I'd like you to tell me, gentlemen, with or without caps, what, when was the time when this guy who everybody sees as a rabbi was apart from the Torah? This Orthodox Jew raised and taught at the feet of Gamaliel was apart from the Torah. That's what, that's what verse 9 says, right? I was once alive apart from the Torah, but when the commandment came, sin became, sin came alive and I died. When, what, when was that? I, I, I had, when I first read that, I was thinking of like the bar mitzvah. Ooh, I like it! You know, like, like you've it. got, you've got a, a window of where you're not necessarily accountable and or you're responsible and intellectual. Yeah. Yeah, or responsible and it's mostly intellectual. And now, now it's all on you. Boom. And now you you have the then then the struggle becomes real. Yeah. Because you're not necessarily under the that protection of your parents anymore. You're you're sort of on your own and and temptation can 
dramatically increase at that point. Well, not only that, but even if the temptation didn't increase, whatever temptation you had and still have, you know now, is a temptation because it's wrong. Right. It's a sin. In the yeah. Christian circles, you hear this as a point of accountability. Yeah. Um, bar mitzvah age, I wouldn't say that defines what the point of accountability. I think it is all relevant depending on the person and the circumstances that they're in, and it can span whatever age. It can be someone might reach the point of accountability when they're 20, if they're, you know, maybe in some jungle full safari or something, okay. or someone who... But in this case, we're talking about an orthodox man. So I would say that at whatever point his so parents... My felt, argument is his using of I is indicative of the human race. It's not simply saying me, myself, and my circumstances, but I'm saying the human race mm-hmm. in general. So I, I see what you're saying, but I think he's going to get even more personal here. So I think he is talking about himself. Okay. Could be wrong. Um, but to your point, whether he is or not, it is still true that at some point there's an age of accountability where you're responsible because there's just no excuse now, right? You've, you've grown enough or you've learned enough or nature has provided enough that you know there's a God and therefore would have some type of obligational rule. And to bring it just back around to the Orthodox, yeah. the historically Orthodox Jews have viewed that age to be 13. Yeah, 13. To, you bet. to establish a consistent marker within yes. Judaism, yes. that's where it that's where it happens. You, that's, you're exactly right. Mm-hmm. However, the father can always say not ready. You're not ready. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're too childish. Mm-hmm. You you don't you don't have that responsibility. You haven't grown enough. Mm-hmm. And it'll be fourteen for you, or in my case, you know, fifty eight. Mm. The, the unfortunate irony here is that in describing, it brilliantly describing this struggle that you end up having at whatever age or you know at whatever point in your life, yeah. when you begin to encounter sin and when you begin to encounter the responsibility and accountability of keeping Torah, he he has this brilliant statement in verse twelve that just it it basically says the opposite of the conclusions of the the majority of people. It's like, well, it's not not the commandment that we need to throw out. It's not the the Torah that's that's wrong here. That is actually the holy thing. That's actually the righteous thing. It's me that's the problem. Exactly. Not the the Torah. Not the Torah, right. Like, we're not celebrating that it's been done away with because of the fact that it brought death. Or as the church would say, you can't keep the Torah. You can't keep the law. Why would you even try? That, to me, is the most insidious thing we can teach our children. Exactly, because oh. then it's like, what is this? What is this spirit even supposed to do then? Yeah, it, it's just supposed to tell you what you're supposed to have for breakfast. Of course not. It's Which supposed to things? instruct you in the ways of God, Amen. and the ways of God are outlined in Torah. And it's, preach it, brother. And that that and what Mr. Butcher said is actually is twelve and thirteen. Verse 12 and 13. Yes. Wherefore the law is holy and the commandment holy and just and good. Yes. Was then that which is good made un- made death unto me? God forbid. But sin that that it might appear sin working death in me by that which is good. That sin by the commandment might become exceeding sinful. Amen. That's exactly right. 
Well done. And this has been spoken to a lot of Gentiles and not necessarily Jews. Yeah, the vast majority of the community in Rome mm -hmm. was Gentile. But there were Jews that left the land and went over to Greece and then ultimately right. to Italy and ended up in the Roman community. That's right. Now, Paul's just not talking about himself, but he's talking to them that they should keep it as well. In this What About Me series, the Torah seems to be the guide. Right. And throughout this whole chapter, we're not seeing a, a dichotomy, right? Right. It's not like, well, me, well, yeah. sorry, Jonathan, I'm Jewish. You got a you got a Jewish name, but that doesn't cut it. But because you're you're non-Jew, right. and there's different rules for you. But for me, it doesn't read that way at all. Not at all. It's it's all Inclusive. one big deal. Okay. Good, it's, excellent. It's amazing too that that Paul kind of, uh, is very candid and open with his struggle. Yes, which and, and, and we 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 got, we got, we're about to get into the struggle big time. Yeah, because like. There are, there are pockets of Judaism, and I'm sure it was back then with the Pharisees as well, where very structure and, and setup of the community prevented a lot of temptation and prevented a lot of, of issues with sin, deliberately. They were creating a lot of fences that there wasn't, it wasn't as uh, hard to keep the Torah. But he's talking to a bunch of Gentiles for whom it was probably very difficult. Yeah. And it's amazing that he sort of brings himself down to their level and, and has this one -on -one. dialogue, yeah. being able to relate to them, to say, whoa, whoa, like, I, I mean, just his, uh, his quotes that we're about to get into here. Astonishing. It, it is astonishing, yeah, knowing like, the level that he was at and knowing just how top shelf he was, the people that he studied with. Yeah, yeah. but there is no temptation that has taken you, but such has come to every one of us. Yeah. I mean, it really is bringing that, that, that verse home, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I do think it's, uh, I do think it's noteworthy, as you've said, to point out that you've got non-Jews. Think, think about how this might uh, appear in your life. You've got non-Jews he's writing to that are outside the land, that have no temple in which they can perform sacrifice, and are probably at this point, or very close to this point, being ostracized by the Orthodox Jewish community in general. Doesn't that sound like somebody I know? Like all of you? Right? And it's the same deal. So, there we go. All right. I think, uh, Josiah, you're up, Bob. Therefore, <clears throat> therefore, did that which is good come cause of death for me? May it never be. Rather, it was sin, in order that it may, in order that it may, might be shown to be sin by inflicting my death through that which is good, so that through the commandment sin would utterly would become utterly sinful. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am of flesh, solid into bondage, solid no, sold into bondage of to sin. For what I am doing, I do not understand. For I am not practicing what I would like to do, but I am doing the very thing I hate. But if I do the very thing I do not want to do, I agree with the law, confessing that the law is good. 
And so now, no longer am I the one doing it, but the sin which dwells in me. For I know that nothing good dwells in me, that is, in my flesh, but the willing is present in me. But doing the good is not. For the good that I for the good that I want, I do not do, but I practice the very evil that I do not want. But I am doing the very thing I do not want. I am no longer doing the one doing no, I am no longer the the one doing it, but the sin that dwells in me. It is interesting that he almost personifies sin. But the bottom line in one sentence of that paragraph to me is, I really do want to be obedient to Torah, and I'm not doing it. And the very things that I don't want to do are the things that I am doing. That takes introspection, and I think the the normal daily prayer that we go through, uh, if you're... uh, doing the uh, Amidah in the morning. So, the Catholic Church has gone over the top on this particular paragraph. What was their bottom line, do you suppose, having read this? Causing priests and monks to flagellate themselves and you know, nine tails whip their backs and so forth. What, what, was, what was their end result? What did they believe? Their, their bodies or their flesh were purely evil. Yeah. And they needed and to physically put them under submission. Submitted to. Yeah. Right. Exactly right. So they could suppress the sin. It started to sound like to me. Correct. They could suppress it physically yeah. rather than mentally or being changed uh-huh. from within and recognizing that you're being tempted. Do you disagree with that? Do I disagree with suppressing your flesh in order to exacerbate your spiritual senses? I do disagree with self-flagellation. Okay, I'm, well, I'm not specifically talking about self-flagellation, but let's talk about fasting. Fasting is death of the body. At the no problem with that at all. I agree that um, the, the body needs to be controlled by the spirit okay no question about it Um, a godly man once said that there's a war going on between the the fleshly side and the spiritual side and the one that's going to win is the one that gets fed the most so if I feed the spirit it's going to be stronger than the flesh I don't think that's necessarily always physical food, though. I think that if I feed my body with pornography and ridiculous uh, television shows and movies and I've got Zippo time to be reading the Word of God, then I'm feeding the flesh and not feeding the spirit. The inner man is withering away and he can barely sit on this little chair I've given him whereas if I memorize scripture long passages of scripture books chapters and books of the Bible if I know the Proverbs and I can quote them back to people if I learn and memorize finally those those 
blessings that I can say to God when I see a rainbow without having to look it up in a book. Or when I see, what is it, 500 Jews in one spot? When I see an amazingly beautiful or an amazingly unbeautiful woman? It goes for either one, by the way. Um, gosh. Gosh, she's so ugly it makes me shiver. <laughs> Bless God for that. That kind of deal. So there's blessings. There's a blessing for everything. I'd like to memorize those blessings. So, yeah, to your point, okay. obviously self-flagellation is not necessarily the way, but feeding that inner man rather than the outer man is, is definitely what we need to do. And I think being here feeds the inner man. This is what it's about, and that's what you said when you walked in. Right. If we are here and we spent the time to, to study, to read his word, and now we're, we're sharpening iron against one another, raising some heat from time to time, that's what feeds the inner man and not the flesh. Yes, sir. Um, something I like that's similar to the feeding uh, from Dennis Clark. He says, I give strength to what I give attention to. Exactly. Um, nice. I like it. That's nice and deep. Good. Good. Other comments on this? From some super over godly view looking down at all the lives of us <laughs> and where he has placed us with all the different goy parents and all the way back through the line right yeah. now even feeding that inner man and trying to be that as righteous as we know mm -hmm. the sin that was committed that we we acted on if that salvation of our walk coming out of this and people seeing our walk coming out of this if that can help somebody else's walk also come out of this then that salvation covers a multitude of sins all the way back I like it I like it I think, uh, I think it's pretty good. Yeah, it's the end. Let him know whoever brings back a sinner from his wanderings will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude, multitude of sins. sins. Yeah. And, and the book of James. Is it 519? Yeah, yeah 520. 20. Yeah. yeah. That was close. Yeah, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Feed him. Just feed him. That was, that was, that's that's um, about No, 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 it's... I apologize. It's, it's good. It's good. Praise God. I love it. All right, jo uh, Josiah, thank you. Joshua, where, where were you starting here, bud? 21. 21, yeah. Yeah, bring it up. Bring it, bring it home, brother. Bring it home. I find then the principle, the evil present in me, the good who wants to do good, the one who wants to do good. For I joyfully concur the law of God and the inner man, but I see a different law in the members of my body, waging war against the law of my mind, and making me a prisoner of the law of sin, which is in my members. Wretched man that I am, who has set me free from the body of this death? Thanks be to God through Yeshua Messiah, our Lord. So then, on the one hand, I myself with my mind serving the law of God, but on the other with my flesh, the law of sin. There it that is. Go, now that backs up what we were just talking about. Yes. That's right. But it is interesting uh, 
that in 24, this guy that everybody wants to call a rabbi is calling himself a wretched man. And he recognizes that there is only one thing that can provide a fix. It's not the education he was getting. It's the Messiah. Because he recognizes that he needs to be changed from within, not from without. And studying the Bible and... That's a result yeah. of that salvation. That, that, that heart needs to be circumcised, right? We are told that he will circumcise our heart. At another place, we're told that we need to circumcise our own hearts. How do you do that? Through studying that word, right? So. And that uh, in verse 22, I mean, that's, that just reminds you so much of David and, and how often he has like almost the exact same quote, That's right. for I delight in the law of God in my inner being. And it's like the very depths of us yeah. want to keep the law of God, yeah. sees them as, as the that, right way. That actually is uh, inner man that we were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. You know, that being is, it's anthropos, it's man. The oh, inner yeah, man. it's in the King James Version, it is man. That makes me think of a story of how this young man's about to go to college, and they ask him, "What, what do you know?" Well, I know everything. He's he's just so full of himself. And then he goes to college, and he's asked after college, and he's like, "Well, I, I realized I knew nothing, you know." And it's just the more you learn, the more you realize how much you still need to work on, how much you need to grow. We've had men do that at the beginning of coming to the study class, and then uh, at the end or so, the same thing. Great Scott. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know anything. All right. You got a Bible, brother? Yes. Give me 8 1 to 8, please. If you would. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Yeshua HaMashiach. For the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Yeshua Messiah. I guess better. Yeshua Messiah. <laughs> From the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do, by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin he condemned sin in the flesh, in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their mind on the things of the flesh. Those who live according to the Spirit set their mind on the things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Nicely done, sir. So I think there's two parts of this paragraph that I think are worthy for us and that we should recognize and we should elaborate on. Um, I think the, the first one there is uh, that there is a righteous requirement of the law and it cannot be fulfilled in us if we walk according to the flesh. And if we walk according to the flesh more often than we walk according to the Spirit, I would question whether or not you've been regenerated by the love of God. Simple as that. Which which one is prevalent? The most. If it's the flesh, then um, I think this is where Paul is saying you need to test yourself. 
to see if you're in the faith. But he tells you how you can do that. That test, by the way, he'll say in another letter. Uh, but those who live according to the flesh set their minds on things of the flesh. So what are you focusing on? Just like Alex was saying, where are you spending most of the time here? Um, what are you doing? Are you robbing the flesh of its food and giving it to the spirit, whether it's times of fasting, prayer, Bible study, uh, mitzvot, whatever it may be, or are you just to really, oh yeah, God, forgot all about him. Rats. That, yeah. that should be a, a, a deal there. One thing about the fasting, how much prayer is involved with the Yom Kippur service, and it's like, there's no time to eat. Over the top. You know? And quite frankly, I think, I think the Yom Kippur liturgies teach us, at least it is for me as a non-Jew, not steeped in that growing up. The idea of fasting is just an amazing burden and waste of time. All you do is get tired. But then when you come into this liturgical aspect and you see, like you said, we're running out of time here. we got to pray faster because we're running out of time. No pun intended. We're running out of time because during this fast, we want to pray these prayers, you know, that kind of thing. It's just an amazing thing. You bet. It's a connection thing. And some of the toughest fasts, the ones that you kind of work on. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Even then, like, I I try to, Joshua and I try to connect and just pray Minka because the prayer just makes the fast day that much more real instead of just, Miserable. Yeah. All I did was not eat. Right. Sometimes I do that at work by accident. By accident. That's not a spiritual grumpy. thing, right? Yeah. Right. There's there's no value coming from that one. Yeah. Okay. So let's uh, let's jump to the back of this paragraph. Um, the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile uh, to God. I think that's I think that's uh, It's important. It's like the Hatfields and the McCoys. I don't know if you young people know about the Hatfields and the McCoys. I mean, they're they fought each other constantly, constantly right? Yeah. Generation after generation. Why are you fighting? Because that's what we do. I'm a Hatfield. It's, He's it's, a McCoy. That's what we do. Constant enmity. That's the word hostile here. It's a constant state of being antagonistic to God. All right. Mm-hmm. So he's saying the mind of the flesh is is constantly hostile to God. Don't want to have anything to do with God. But why? Why? Why does he say? Why is it constantly hostile to God? Second half of verse 7. It does not submit to what? The Torah. It does not submit to but the Torah. But it's not even able to. Yeah. It's not just that it can. It's just that it's not possible. Yeah. It's, it's not possible. It's the opposite. So when when the when the the average churchgoer says to me, "You don't think you can keep the law? You can't keep the law. No one can keep the law." What is he actually saying to me? I'm not saved. You can't keep the law unless you're saved. Unless you're walking in the Spirit. Yeah. You're right. I guess I guess Bob, you can't keep the Torah. I can't. Now I would, I'd say this a little over the top. You know, we're being a little euphemistic here. Euphemistic. Yeah, we're going a little over the top, and we're 
we're, we're pushing it a little more than we should. Because if you think about it, let's say that I did take your pencil and I busted it when I had it. What does the Torah say? Does it say it was right or wrong for me to take the pencil? What does it say I need to do to make it right with you? Give me another pencil. I got to replace the pencil. In fact, the Torah says more than that. It says I need to not only replace the pencil, but I need to go 20% beyond. Forgiveness. I need to, go, I need to give you 20% more than the value of the pencil. So you have to give you a little Torah. stubby pencil, too. Yeah, or a couple <laughs> extra erasers, you know. <laughs> Just get that cool eraser on the top. Maybe I can do that. But you see what I'm saying? So the Torah, the Torah not only teaches me what is wrong, but how to make it right. And that's the key. So, so how is it that I can't even do it if I'm in the flesh? I don't want to know how to fix it. I don't want to know what's wrong. I want to be deliberately ignorant. Have you ever talked to somebody about creation? Mm, no. And they, they, think, they think you're just small-minded and a fool. They don't even want to talk about it. They don't even want to deal with it. Well, what is that? Well, that's a mind that's hostile to God. They don't even want to, I mean, it's right there in writing. But they don't even want to acknowledge there is a God. He wrote this down. Hello? That's what we're talking about. That's what Paul is saying. Yes, sir? I think what, I think what you're trying to say is that the body does not want to accept uh, the responsibility of knowing that there is a God. I, I would I would go even further. You're exactly right. I would go even further and say that the body does not want to even accept the reality, not just the responsibility. Because if you if you're arguing about the responsibility, you at least acknowledge that there is a God. But if the fool says in his heart there is no God, so in reality he doesn't even want to, yeah he doesn't even want to acknowledge the reality that there is a God. He just wants to go about his life not to even think about it. That's right. Because if I don't acknowledge it, I can't be held accountable. Because this person could believe that his life is destined, but I don't believe that. I believe there is some, so there is God. I believe that. I mean, come on, it's, it's, God. it's you can't miss that. Right. And I believe that He is controlling my life in a way. Amen. If someone comes up to me and says that's not true, I'd laugh because well, I mean, you cannot deny this. You, they, but they can. And but they can, but that's, I can. And that's hostile. That's the thing. That's what he's saying. They can deny it. It's stupid to do so. Yeah. It's foolish. But that's what it means to be hostile with God, right? Well, they so ha they have to deny it. They must. Otherwise, they can't be in control. Worse than that, if they if they don't deny him, if they acknowledge him, then they have already acknowledged that they have violated his mm -hmm. word. They're in sin. Mm -hmm. They're under judgment. Mm -hmm. I'm not under judgment. Because the judge doesn't exist. Yeah. Okay, so that was the back end of it. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Does that mean that a sinner cannot keep a mitzvah? No. What does it mean? In those terms, what does it mean? Well, I don't think it can be said that I don't think it can be said that doing a mitzvah displeases God. Right. So. Stretch it out. Stretch it out, Josh. So, if you keep a mitzvah, 
what is that? What has it accomplished? What does it give you? What is the purpose? No, no, no. What's the purpose of a mitzvah? What's the purpose of the commandments? To obey. What's the purpose? To guide us. To draw near. To be a connection. It gives us a connection to God. So when you perform a mitzvah, what do you get? A connection. A connection to God. You are closer to God because you've performed a mitzvah. So what is Paul saying here? Please. But why is that? It's because you desired to please your creator. And therefore, you draw near. Right. And then right. And, and the you desire to obey. Yes. That pleases the creator. And and, 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 and you've got this connection. To, yes. Together, both directions. Yes. So now look at the look at the evil man, who almost by accident has now done a mitzvah. Does he get a connection? Does he draw closer to? Does God draw closer to him? And, and I think I think I know why he doesn't. Because Paul reiterates over and over again that faith is extremely important. And Hebrews 11.6 says, Without without faith faith, it is impossible to please God. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he He rewards those those who seek him. Because the commandments are requirements, right? Could they be? I wouldn't put them as requirements. I I think the bottom line is hmm. you keep the commandments... Because you want to please God. You keep the commandments because you think that they're going to get you into the world to come. You'll be sadly okay. mistaken. Okay. You keep the commandments because they draw you closer to God. Mm-hmm. That's why the Jew says, Listen, the commandment draws me closer to God. Well, they give me more commandments. Mm-hmm. That's why there are more than 600 commandments. That's why they have no problem numbering them and saying, I did number 47 today. I did number one. Number 56 can only be done one time a year, and I did it. <laughs> They're thrilled. Why? Because they drew closer to God by doing it. So now, now, with that in mind, do you see how Paul can say, those who are in the flesh cannot please God? Yes. They can't please God because it doesn't please themselves to keep the mitzvah. They won't draw near. It's not a connection. They can't please it. It doesn't mean, as, as Joshua pointed out, it doesn't mean they can't keep a mitzvah. But it's not going to please God. Okay, FYI, you didn't do one, because that's super full multiplying. <laughs> I just spoke to a guy at work about us, about a creator, and us being creations, and how I just want to be a functioning creation. In, in his guidelines, right? Nice, so nice. if you're not in that, you're a malfunctioning program going around. So why would we not just, just plug in the to get the update? You I know? like it. And, and now, now we're connected. Now we're going in the right direction. And that's why we keep plugging back It's in. Jonathan Bertie too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Blue pill or the red pill. I like it. I like it. Yeah. That's good. That's good. All right. Just like with Windows, there's 613 updates. Yes, right. yeah, there you go. There you go. That's it. Um, All right. We're year. on uh, 8, 9 to uh, 11, please, Alex. 9 to 11, sure. But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of Elohim dwells in you, 
And if anyone does not have the spirit of Messiah, this one is not his. And if Messiah is not, we're supposed to start, go to 11, okay. If Messiah is in you, the body is truly dead on account of sin, but the spirit is life on account of righteousness. And if the spirit of him who raised Yeshua from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Messiah from the dead shall also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit dwelling in you. Does anybody have any problems or questions with that? <clears throat> Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> How can you keep the commandments? How can you be guided by God to at least be warned that you're about to make a mistake and need to turn from the direction you're in? How can this happen? He dwells here with the Spirit. If Just you like knew me, I'm sorry? Just like he promised. I mean, if you knew me before I met Messiah, you would say you didn't know me. Different guy. Absolutely different man. It does nobody any good. It doesn't glory anybody at all other than the devil himself. We to even describe that man. It's a waste of time. All I can say is, if you know me, you wouldn't know the other guy. It's as simple as that. I'm glad I know this guy. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure this man yeah. is more fun. <laughs> Jonathan, 12 to 17, please. Okay. So then, brothers, we don't owe a thing to our old nature that would require us to live according to our old nature. For if you live according to your old nature, you will certainly die. But if, by the Spirit, you keep putting to death the practices of the body, you will live. All who are led by God's Spirit are God's sons. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to bring you back again into fear. On the contrary, you received the Spirit, who makes us sons and by whose power we cry out, Abba, that is, dear Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our own spirits that we are children of God. And if we are children, then we are also heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with the Messiah, provided we are suffering with him in order also to be glorified with him. What a decidedly different paragraph than a few paragraphs ago he was talking about. You know, I want to do this, but I find that that's not what I'm doing. And I don't want to do this, and that's all I, I seem to care. be doing. So there is a struggle. And yet the same guy who just a couple paragraphs wrote that is writing this. That we're living in Messiah. That we are born again. We're renewed. And we are co-heirs with Messiah. Well, that's so, what he's trying to do, some Messiah. Beforehand saying, I, 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 mm -hmm. I can't do it. Mm -hmm. It's futile. Now he's interjecting Messiah and that changes the equation. That's exactly right. He's, now he's got the power of God within right. him to help him to do this. Beautiful. All right. Wow, you got a long one, brother. Read quick. I'm running out of time. Okay. From 18 down to 29? No, down to 30. Okay. For I consider that the suffering of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subject to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be set free from
from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope, for who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. I realize that's the end of the paragraph. So I just uh, I just want to make sure we're all clear that the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. When will that happen? When are the who are the sons of God? The saints, the chosen. Got a better word? Remnant. Got a better word? Two letters starts with you. Us. Thank you. Thank you. It is us. That's right. Thank you. Who are the sons of God? Us. Yes. When will the sons of God be revealed? The resurrection. More specifically, actually moments prior to that. By the way, the Greek word is apocalypsis. The revealing. The revealing of... Messiah Yeshua. When the Messiah comes, First Thessalonians four, right, and the whole apocalypse that John was given is is when the sons of God, the those who are dead in Messiah, will rise first, and then we who are alive. Another word for that is us. Will be raised, and we shall be with Him. Then we will be revealed. That's when the sheep and the goats. I beg your pardon, not the sheep and the goats. The wheat and the tares are separated. Right? So you can tell. You're supposed to let the wheat and the tares grow together. But now you'll be able to tell which ones are which. So, it's important to recognize that not only are we cursed through Adam's sin, but so was creation. It wasn't as you read that, you know, when you're doing your farming now, it's going to be tougher, sweat of the brow kind of thing. It's not just because he's got to work harder, it's because the ground is working against him. Because the ground, the very creation, has been cursed. The, the sages take this to heart. I guess they were reading Paul. Because they believe in the messianic age. Each man will have a grape. And it will be ginormous. Bigger than that chair. Sit in the corner. You'll be able to drink the juice from that grape for a year. That's a big grape. Or it's... Some cool juice coming out that doesn't let the grape deflate. <laughs> In verse 23, and not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit. I think of that as what we have received now as opposed to the fullness that we'll receive in the world to come. Sure, absolutely. In fact, if there's agreement on yeah, in fact, shall oh, yeah. that. In Shavuot, we bring the first fruits of the of the uh, the harvest, uh, and the, the the prayer, the hope, is that this just represents a much much greater harvest that will come, right? That's why they okay. tie yeah. around the right. first part of it, right? So we're not the first fruits. Those guys who get saved and the ones he's writing to were the first fruits, but they were just a sign of 
a much, much larger harvest to come of which you and I and all those who have died prior to us are a part of. Exactly right. But exactly even right. so, it does shed light a bit and answers the question, if I am truly a part of the new covenant, how come I don't know the entire law like it says I would? How come I still wanted, wanted sin? Right. You know? And I think that sheds a bit of light on that too. You bet. It's like the fullness has right. a, it's not, it the hasn't been completed, but it's been started. That's exactly right. And that's, and that's a, a, a good way to look at the fact that we've not been completely saved yet. We're still in this body. And we get into the letter to the, uh, we didn't do Corinthians yet, did we? We did. Mm-hmm. We do, did we do 15? First yeah. Corinthians 15? Was, that, did I, was I out that week? <laughs> Yeah, so in First Corinthians 15. You're probably still all the way in June. Yeah, that's right, now. yeah. You know, so, but yeah, that's, that's the thing, right? That, that we will then be changed and then no more, no more temptation, no more sin mm-hmm. uh, for those of us. Um, so there we go. Well, th- and this part uh, that we just read about what we see and, and the whole patience thing, that actually sheds a bit of light on the conversation that we were having before uh, about... Like, why, why is it different when a righteous person keeps in the midst of a versus a wicked person? And the analogy I was thinking of was, like, how much, how little faith it takes to, when your dad says to you, you know, don't touch that stove, and you didn't touch that stove. Well, technically, that was a mitzvah. You listened to him, but that didn't really require a lot of faith. You can see your father. You know, there's, there's like, a, a very established and, and obvious connection between them, but it takes a lot more faith to keep a law that wasn't even specifically spoken to you, you know, sure. like there's, there's so much more to it and it, yeah. and it proclaims your faith in his existence and his, your faith in that what, not only that he exists, but he has our best interests in mind. Amen. And not only that, but that he wrote them down, codified them, preserved them, you know, all yeah. those things. All you have things. to have a lot of faith to yeah. get to that point where the mitzvah is that connection. Right. What did he should say to Thomas? You know, you believe because you see the blood. Right. I was just about to quote that. Yes, That's very exactly. good. Right. Excellent. Good lines. I love Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. We know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers, the firstfruits, as it were. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also will glorify. So we've got that progression there that I think is just absolutely spectacular. And gives you a theological summary of what's going on in the world and in your life as you're predestined evidently to be saved and if you're predestined then you'll be justified be called and he'll draw you to himself and then justified through faith in messiah and if that's been the case then you will ultimately be glorified so let's bring it home what shall we say what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who's to condemn? Messiah Yeshua is the one who died. More than that, who was raised. Remember, the resurrection is more important than the death. 
who is who is at the right hand of God, who inter, who indeed is interceding for us, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword, as it written, for your sake we are being killed all day long, we are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us, for I am sure, and my kids used to sing this from the uh, GT Express tapes, um, neither death nor life, angels nor rulers, things present nor things to come, nor powers, height or depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Amen. One second, I'll say it right there. I like that. The question is, are you really <laughs> saved? All right. So I gave you uh, six uh, review questions there. We don't have to go through them tonight uh, in detail, but uh, um, did you guys have a chance to look at those and kind of be able to put some references to those? Were you able to read some of those and then, you know, mind things back to the Torah cycle that we've been doing year after year after year? Um, the spirit of Messiah indwells believers. Ooh. That was a tricky one. I was wondering what you had in mind for that. I, I did a little cross-reference digging, and there was like a verse in Ezekiel that was a similar to that, but it wasn't specifically Messiah. I Most of the time it's not, you know, obviously it's Tanakh, right? Yeah. It's not as explicit yeah. right, as right. that. But, but Messiah is God. So David says, do not take your spirit from me. He says it in a song. But how can he ask that unless God had already given him his spirit? Okay. I see so, what you did there. That's uh, it's a little sleight of hand, but it works. How about believers have an internal struggle with sin? Can you think of something in the Tanakh? I was, I was thinking of the sin is crouching at the door. Ah, good, you know, good. Resist it. Yep, yep. I heard that somewhere yep. about, the, about sin just waiting Crouching, right. Yeah, that, that's when Hashem said, decaying. Ah. Maybe that's what I heard of. Yeah. Isaiah 5, 18, Woe to those who begin by pulling at transgression with a thread, but end by dragging sin along as if with a cart rope. It's right out of... Uh, mm. um, if I had a rich man. Uh, oh, on the roof. He's he's thinking about you know. Yeah. Well, if I tell her she can get married, and on the other hand, and on the other hand, it's like pulling the the thread on my sweater. Where would it end? Where will it end? Yeah, pulling a cord. Yeah. An unthreaded sweater. That's where it'll end. Yeah, that's right. Ball of yarn is what it is. <laughs> Uh, times believers may not do what they want and actually do what they hate. Any any examples of that one? How about David and Bathsheba? Obviously, he didn't realize at the time or acknowledge at the time, but he surely didn't want to do that. Time, he was sort of the Torah is holy and the commandments holy, righteous, and good. This one should be a slam dunk. Come on, come on. What do you say to 
choose this day. Do you not remember this? We just did this. Deuteronomy 30. Right? Okay. Moses. The Torah teaches us what sin is. Choose this day. Like that, right? Believers are dead to the world and alive to God bearing fruit. Now that was a tough one, I thought. You got anything? No? No? Anybody? 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 Would you not think that when Abraham and Lot were uh, separating, that that's what was going through Abraham's mind? That we don't we don't need to pick the best land. We don't need to get near the big city. We need to be dead to the world. Lot didn't really have that mindset that Abraham did, alive to God, and even though he was as good as dead, he bore fruit in Isaac. No? Yeah? It worked for me. Okay. There's 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, and 12 on the next page, but we'll, uh, we'll do those next time. I think it's a good, uh, a good review of these two chapters. Mm -hmm. I think uh, I think it's it's amazing that you know regular minds like ours can actually go toe to toe here with Paul, who was a genius. A genius. I mean, the guy was just just he probably had the entire Tanakh memorized, or pretty close. Comment. Well, I, I was looking earlier, and I was it's, the Torah teaches us what sin is, and I was. Reading from my JewishLearning.com, and the first time pardon, or the first time forgiveness is mentioned, is pardon our iniquity and our sin in Exodus 34 9, mm -hmm. uh, with the, right after the golden calf. Yeah. And um, then our Yaki Four Prayers, Numbers 14 37, this is right after the, the spies in Numbers 13 5, which basically pardon our iniquity and our sin. Then God says, I pardon. Mm -hmm. so, good. Yeah. Good. Very good. I like it. Anything else? I guess I wrap this whole chapter up in those who live by the law, um, the Torah, are judged by it. Those who live contrary to it die. Perish. By it. Yeah. Well, well they just perish. But, so without but, it, you perish. But they perish yeah. because the law says. Even if they don't know it. That's right. That's what I'm saying. That's exactly right. So yeah. that's the whole argument. So if you know it, you shall be judged by it. If not, you're a perisher. That's it. Because you don't have that atonement as a result. I, I, uh, I like it. I like it. Yes, sir, I beg your pardon. Uh, back to the... Uh, you're going to have to speak up. There's people over here that are deaf. To, back to the uh, beating, the, beating the spirit or the flesh. Yes, sir. How about an analogy of their your body well the area that you either feed your body or your your flesh or your spirit is a big empty space and then you fill it with stuff. And you when you feed your flesh you're filling it with 
the things that your flesh wants to see and wants to have. Yeah. And when you fill it with the Spirit, you fill it with the Word of God. So, and the things of God. And the things of God. Yeah. So, if your uh, space is filled more with that, then you won't have very much stuff for your flesh to think off or That's exactly right, Josiah. Do stuff with. Yes. You'll have you your spirit will be more content and be able to grow more in that knowledge and understanding of the Word of God. Amen. Amen. That's exactly right. Had I only learned that when I was your age. Did someone give him a Sure, it was good. No question. It was good. Where was that verse um, that said basically, without faith, it is possible to please God? Yeah. Hebrews. Hebrews. Well, yeah, yeah, Hebrews chapter 11, Hebrews verse 11. 6. Okay. Yeah. That's, it ties into the existence of God, it ties into faith. It ties okay. into, I know we discussed that. I know you read it, but you did it pretty quickly, and I didn't yeah. hear the verse it was. I just wanted to say it's very. We'll be doing Hebrews in a while. Um, we got a few more few more sessions in uh, in Romans, I think. 11, 6. Is it, is yeah, it, yeah, he mentioned it. Is it two more sessions? I didn't hear you. Thank you. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, next class is 9 to 11. And then... Uh, oh, I better put the rest of this up there because i got a lot more than that. Uh, yeah, so our next class is 9 to 11. And then I think we take... Uh, I, I may go from 12 all the way to 16. I'm not sure. I've already got them done. I'll just I'll publish it. Um, so we'll be out of Romans in, a, in two weeks, maybe three. Um, and then we'll be clipping along with, uh, I'm going to focus, guys, because you know we're going to blister through the rest of Acts. I think we go all the way to the end of Acts. So there's 28 chapters in Acts. Um, for you young guys, if you can't tell me how many book, chapters are in every single book, you're not reading it often enough. Simple as that. So we got uh, all of Acts to do. We, we left off at, I think, the beginning of 20 or right around 21. So we're going to do all of that. Paul's going to go back to Jerusalem. He's, he's going to be confronted by James, who's going to say, you know, there's, there's some folks that are teaching that you don't need to keep the Torah. Some people say that today. And let's, let's prove them wrong, Paul. So I know you came back on the holiday, on a festival, so that you could cut your hair and finish your vow, because that's traditionally what was done. You started on a, a festival, and you finished on a festival. And the length of your hair showed how long your vow was, because you shaved your head when you started. And uh, he, James says, you know, bring these four guys who just finished their vow into the temple with you to do their, finish theirs out. Interestingly enough, um, a riot ensues. We'll talk about what happens there. But from that point on, Paul's in prison. Paul is a prisoner, either in jail or prison or house arrest until, he's, until he dies. And uh, his, his life is really suffering. Walk through that, and then we'll finish out the various letters, and those will go pretty quick. Probably one night per book, because you know, first, second Peter, pretty short. We've got a whole bunch of Johns, first, second, third John, uh, but uh, third John you can read, I think, in one breath. 
and then uh, finally we'll get to uh, Revelation or the Apocalypse and be done. So we're moving, we're moving quickly here. I counted up, if I left it the way I was going to do it, it would be another half a year. I don't think it'll be anywhere near that, um, especially since we don't seem to be finding a whole lot of references to Halakha in, in these types of letters, but uh, you brought that one up there earlier, so it's good. The Torah, so far, seems to be Paul's main deal. If you're a believer, you can, should, and will keep Torah. And he's even saying this, as pointed out today, in a letter to non-Jews, the community of non-Jews. you pray for us? Sure. Thank you, sir. Father, we thank you for uh, for your word that's preserved all these years for uh, for our benefit. Mm, thank you, uh, Father, that uh, that doesn't return void and that uh, is always new. We pray, Father, you would uh, uh, bless our families, uh, bless the rest of our week. Uh, Father, help us to have a desire, inward desire, to uh, to continue to draw near to you and to fulfill your your mitzvot. Uh, Father, we pray that as we enter into Another one of your appointed times starting tomorrow night that uh, uh, be incredibly meaningful and we would uh, even more so look for you to tabernacle with us soon. Yes. In the name of Yeshua the Messiah. Amen. 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 Amen.